Welcome to Empower to Grow, the podcast. I am your host, Hanan Al-Basha, the business doctor. Following our conversations with empowered women who woke up one day and consciously claimed, I am more than enough. I am worthy. I am empowered to grow. And along their empowering journey towards realizing their own potential and their quest for growth, they became a beacon of hope and guidance for others. May you also find your inner power to grow. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Uncharted Discussions episode of Empower to Grow podcast. This is your host, Hannah Nubasha, and I'm still continuing the very empowering conversation with Christina Giratikis. Hi to Christina again. Hello, and thanks for the continued conversation. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Christina, I know that for you, and I think we touched a bit on it in our, in our previous episode or previous discussion, failure, success, redefining, and I know that you're a speaker, author, lecturer, and uh, a trainer. And I know that the book is all about that. It's about reframing failure and success. So let's delve a bit deeper into that. How do you define first success and failure or failure and success? That's the question we ask in the book. So the, the book's titled Celebrating Success One Failure at a Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've actually interviewed seven entrepreneurs in the book to to gauge what their sense of their journey from failure to success, failure, success, failure, success um, has been all about. And I think one of the important things that was uh, that we asked in the book was, what is your definition of failure? Because failure can be devastating. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we, we, we're very big on the rhetoric around fail, fail fast, you know. Fail forward. Uh, you know, get yeah. back up again. It's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, fail forward. But to have that sense of failure is quite devastating. So the question that that I often ask, particularly when when I'm in front of a group of entrepreneurs, um, is when was the last time you failed? And then so we we get people to to express their last sense of failure. And some of the failures that have left huge marks on these people are, are, are remarkable. Um, and then I ask them, so so what's their definition of failure? What's their experience of failure? And then I ask them to recall the last time somebody important failed uh, and how, you, you know, important being whether it was a, a, a mentor or whether it was somebody famous or someone they aspire to be, you know, it, it doesn't matter who it was, but it was someone who means something, you know, of importance to them. Um, and they were making up all these excuses about, you know, but it wasn't really a failure. It was da-da-da. And yeah. I go, right now, turn that rhetoric onto yourself. So, and we often if we see somebody fail, then we often feel empathy, you yeah. know, and, and you might mention it to one or two people and then the next day you forget about it. But mm-hmm. if it's us that has, that has failed, uh, we think oh, we God. continue to think about it and yeah. used to torture us, oh, you know? Yeah. So it was really important for me to capture that essence in the book. Uh, and we went through, you know, discussing with these seven entrepreneurs, what their sense of failure was, um, and then how they overcame that sense of failure to yeah. then succeed. Uh, and, you know, there were there were really interesting uh, points of view around that. So one of my colleagues says, well, I just never took no for an answer. You know, uh-huh. so even though I thought I'd failed in making a connection or, or doing something, she said, I never take, took no for an answer. So mm-hmm. hence failure led to the success because she was told no, but then she, you know, she got back up again and, and kind of, you know, moved forward with it. It was really interesting. I had one um, person that I interviewed in the book and she said, oh, I, I don't, I, I don't fail and I don't have a definition for failure. But then when we went and, and delved a little bit deeper, she went, oh no, 
I do, I do have this sense of failure. So, you know, if you, if we can define our own sense of failure, yeah. uh, particularly as females, because we, we take it, we take it to the, you know, it's, it's like when you're going for a job interview and a female will, will, and, and there have been studies that, that have, um that have proved this. If we're asked a question, can we do something? Okay. Mm. We'll go, Oh, can I, do I know how to do that? Can I? And, and, and that hesitation yeah. and you kind of go, yes, I think, I, you know, I'm pretty yeah. sure I could do that. Ask the same question of a male and the male goes, yep, I can yep. do that. Yep. Um, and it's that sense of confidence, right? Exactly. So it's that deep contemplation around where we, where we get all these feelings of success, failure, the little voices that, that sit on yeah. our shoulders yeah. and, and tell us what's real and what's not real. Uh, and, and I find that to be very interesting. So very important to define what failure and success mean to us. And, you know, some people have, as we know, fear of failure. Some people yes. equally have what that fear of success is. Yeah. Uh, and, and the book is actually a long story about, you know, celebrating success one failure at a time because I originally, I originally had the thought for the book in 2015. I interviewed my first entrepreneur in 2015 yeah. and kept putting it off, you know, and we talked in the in the original <laughs> episode about perfection and 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 um and what that might look like and for me it was never going to be perfect so I just kept procrastinating and putting the book off until as we mentioned I I actually dealt with what perfection and failure meant to me Um, and I got over myself and within eight months the book was finished Mm -hmm. edited um and released so it's that it's that and that's the power that you have when you can delve in Deal with the failures that you perceive that you've had um, and then decide that, well, here's my definition of success. So yeah. my definition of success was actually getting the book out. Yeah. You know, I don't care how many it sells or how many people read it or, you know, yeah. I really hope that it inspires people um, to 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 become entrepreneurs and to chase an entrepreneurial dream, to chase yeah. their moonshot, yeah. uh, you know, but, but for me the big success is actually getting the book into yeah. print after all that time. And, and I love that you, you spoke about that as well, because it takes a lot for us to redefine what failure means to us. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know it held me back for at least two years where I thought I failed big time and I was angry. I was angry at myself and I was angry at everyone. And it only took literally just one. It was a coaching session, actually, that just allowed me to switch my mindset around and switch that perspective and realize that's not a failure. That was a learning opportunity. And so, thus, since then, I don't even use the word fail anymore or failure. I realized that, as you were saying earlier as well, that 0.1% about me as a person was, I get knocked down seven times, I get up eight. There's this sense of perseverance that is just about, I didn't fail. Like, you know, the interview you had, I didn't fail. I just, I did take no, I found another way. I didn't, of course, then frame it that way. I thought I failed and I just have to do something else. But, but this is it. And that's why I love talking about the concept of subjective success as well, because success means different things to different people. And we are conditioned, as you were talking about the conditioning and the voices in our head and the imposter syndrome. And for me, I, I dubbed it the not good enough syndrome, that we're conditioned by society that this is what success means. This is what failure means. And once you fail and then you succeed, the graph goes up exponentially. And that's not the case. I'm sure your interviews would show that, that it's like, it's the ups and downs, but the point is to keep moving forward and with slight sustainable growth along the way. Absolutely. And, you know, a a very good example of that. So even if I take a, so the whole, the whole purpose of interviewing the particular entrepreneurs I did was because they weren't at that, you know, they weren't the Amazons and they weren't the Googles, they weren't the the top 
echelon yeah. unicorns you know oh, but these are people who had an idea they had a dream they pursued it and they've made a really you know successful life living uh, and improved the lives of many other people through their entrepreneurial ventures yeah. right so we used to we used to um pull students aside and say what is your definition of success? So, you know, we didn't talk about failure, but we talked about the definition of success. And there was a particular group of music enthusiasts and that they were performers. And it was like, do you want to be a, do you want to be a musician who becomes famous, um, you know, to the, to whatever level of, of fame, you know, we equate fame to, you know, do you want to be Harry Styles or do you want to be, you know, any, any of the other, you know, pink or, or whoever, or do you want to have a really comfortable life as a musician, playing music, making people happy? Like, where do you sit on that success, you know, on the success scale? And it's quite remarkable because, you know, even the the JFK story um, of the when JFK went to NASA and said to the janitor, what do you do here? And the janitor said, I'm helping put a man on the moon, you know, and it was that so so very much comfortable in what he was doing, knowing that he was creating um, an environment for people that was safe yeah. uh, and that they could then do all their work in, which was, you know, how successful is that? It takes every single one of us um, in order to do that. And I really like, so there's an organization I've been very blessed to, to visit um, in Vegas. Let me just make it very clear that Vegas and I don't really get on, um, but Zappos <laughs> was headquartered or is headquartered um, in, in Vegas. So we, we had a, a tour of Zappos um, and, in order to, at one point in time, I'm not sure if they still do it, but when you were onboarded um, as as an employee at Zappos, you had to spend time in every single area, so that if you even if you were employed as as the head marketing person, you had to go and be in packaging, you had to go and spend time on the phone, you had to go and spend time in tech, because so that you would know how interrelated everything was, yes. and every piece of that line was or determined the success of the organization and i think that's really important to know that every single one of us is a is a cog in the journey of success for ourselves and for other people so you know mm. I, I love i love what you said then um about success and that failure isn't isn't on your radar because just imagine if we felt you know the first time we rode a bike or the first time we tried to walk or whatever and yeah. everyone went oh my god you failed stay down never get back up because you've you know you've totally failed the, the whole concept of walking or running about where would we be as children we get up and we do it again and again and again um and the you know the the most amazing entrepreneurs you know that I, I was reading something the other day that said statistically um a successful entrepreneur has actually gone bankrupt twice and I went oh I'd, I'd never heard that before and and can <laughs> I, I just say that I validated that that statement I know it wouldn't surprise me either but I haven't I haven't delved into the research to to know whether that that's a, a true statement or not but it wouldn't surprise me um and it's that exactly as you said you get knocked down seven times you get back up eight yeah you spoke of the concept of moonshot and i love that because i can visualize it but i'd love to know more from from your perspective what it means so before I joined um, Singularity University, so I'm I'm a I you know I'm very much affiliated with the organisation. Uh, but before I joined the organisation, I used to call it um, pie in the sky thinking or fat chance thinking. Uh, and then I went to I went to a um, an, an executive program at um, Singularity, and they called it Moonshot. And I went, oh, that's much nicer than pie in the sky or fat chance. <laughs> uh, so, but it, you know, it's that whole concept of dream, dream big. 
um, what is your North Star? What is that purpose? What is it that you want to achieve? Uh, and then go for it. Because if yeah. you don't go for it, then you're not really being true to who you are. So, you know, there's been many examples of, of moonshots. There's been many examples of moonshots that have failed. Um, but, you know, even the Wright brothers, when they, when they you know, built the first aeroplane, you know, it was failure after failure after failure. Yeah. And my colleague, David Roberts, actually tells the story of the inspiration for that. So their father um, was went away. When he came back, he bought them a toy. Uh, and it was a, one of those spiral things and, and they pulled a pulled a lever on it and it kind of spiraled up. And that apparently is what gave them the inspiration oh, okay. to build a flying machine. So you never know, again, you never know what triggers somebody to have a moonshot. No. Um, but, you know, a moonshot is something that you you don't know how you're going to make it happen, but you just know that you're going to and you, and you really aspire to do that. So, and for me, you know, even if you, even if you don't reach the end goal of the moonshot and you get halfway there, wow, that is such a, a huge improvement from where we are now, for example. You know, the I think I think um, AR, VR, you know, the whole gaming industry yeah. uh, started out as this game perspective, but now if you look at how it's infiltrated into medicine and, and diff many education, many different fields, and I was actually presenting to a, uh, to a group of corporates and we were talking about the moonshot of, you know, of operating, you know, from from somewhere in a different country to somewhere in a, you know, in a remote location. And somebody in the workshop said, that's happened to me. And I went, please tell us your story. Because, you know, I, I had known there were many examples of this story. And she said that she had had an aneurysm. She was in a, a little country town in Australia. Uh, and the only reason that she's still alive is because a surgeon in Singapore was called to his um, Zoom meeting control uh, and directed the operation, which was something that never, wow. ever would have happened many, not. many years ago. And we take yeah. technology for granted so That's much. Um, but, you know, it, all this thing that was in the land of gaming, which, you know, television screens or, you know, huge screens, interactions, et cetera, they were in the land and now they've infiltrated into medicine, into health, into environment, into sustainability, and it's quite remarkable yeah. Um, and these were once moonshots, you know, the phone was once somebody's moonshot. The car was once somebody's moonshot. The, the iPod you know, and going into outer space. Yeah. 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 You know, all, all, all were moonshots and look how far we've come. And I some know. people would go, oh yeah, well, you know, everything that technology does isn't, isn't good. And I go, well, actually technology has got nothing to do with it. It's the humans and how, how you use, use it. Exactly. Um, that, that determines. Yeah. So um, you I know, love moonshot thinking. Go ahead. Well, moonshot thinking is, it, it, it's what pushes us. It, it's what, you know, somebody said, uh, there was my other favorite, um, or one of, I've got many, one of my other favorite examples of moonshot is somebody said once, why can't, in, in poor countries, why can't we just create water out of thin air? You mm. know? And then yeah. somewhere along the line, that triggered someone to go, hang on, air, oxygen, water, H2O. How do I create you know yeah. there are there are machines in India now placed in places where there is no clean water that create water out of thin air and people can go and get drinking water and you know and I find things like that remarkable drones you know drones carrying medicines into remote areas where or and testing capabilities for for medicine into remote areas there was a moonshot uh, an X, X prize moonshot and they said we want to teach people we want to teach children in third world countries basic literacy, basic numeracy in 18 months, no adult intervention um, through an app. 
and people are doing it. And the, these children in third world, the only adult intervention is the adult at the end of the, the day plugs the devices in that have been donated by, you know, people like Bill Gates, et cetera. Um, and the, these children are learning how basic literacy, basic numeracy off very simple apps um, and, and, you know, and education and clean water are two of the most important things that we can give yep. people to have a really good start in life. And these were moonshots, you know, these yep. were mad, crazy ideas that people weren't quite sure how they were going to do. Les Brown um, has this statement is like, shoot for the moon. And if even if you miss, you're going to land among the stars. And I think this I is it. it. Yeah. And, and I know that moonshot intimidates us, as you said, because of all the, the clutter and the noise around it. And um, a couple of years ago, I realized that that was one of the loudest voices inside my head was every time I had a moonshot um, dream, the voice in my head called it or dubbed it audacious uh, as an audacious dream. And then who do you think you are followed through? And now every time that is triggered, I have to reframe it for myself. I'm like, you know, I'm Hanan and I'm unique just as much as 8 billion people are unique in the world and I can do it. It's just, it takes time. It takes a lot of perseverance, <laughs> it takes a thousand steps, but I know that I'm on step two, three, five of it. And, and it's no longer as audacious as it was framed in my head because of, again, because of the conditioning and everything around me. I love that. And isn't it, so Jim, Jim Collins actually says, have a big, hairy, audacious goal. He's equivalent yeah. of a moonshot as a big, hairy, audacious goal. Yeah. Um, so all these, you know, I think we're being given permission now. Um, and as you say, it's, it, we're being giving ourselves permission yeah. to have that dream to, because we realize what's possible, you know, six months ago, we never would have been having the conversations around chat GPT that we're yeah. having now. Yes. And, you know, people go, oh, look, it's bad. It's going to be the end. You know, professors are going, oh, plagiarism. Is that? My answer to the professors is why are you worried about plagiarism? Why aren't you teaching people how to use a tool? Because, it's, you know, we had the same conversations when the mobile phones came out. We had the yeah. same conversations when the internet came when out. When the internet. When the car came Oh, you know, it's going to be bad. No one's going to do anything. And now where would we be without the internet? Where would we be without our mobile phones? Where would, you know, and that doesn't mean that people are living you know, some people are living completely within that technology, but it's also enlightening us to what is outside of our technology. You know, it's just this, it's this assimilation of things into our lives. Uh, but, you know, I, th I think for me, if we can create good humans and we don't have to, you know, and that, there's a judgment in that. And I, you know, I don't, as I said before, I don't really like judgment, but if we can, if we can bring out the best in people, if we can bring out the kindness, the compassion, the love in people, then we don't really need to be worried that people will do, you, you know, use all these things and abuse for it and, ill results. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They'll use them to fulfill their moonshots, That's you know? True. So, and you know, I've got a colleague who says, we can't call it moonshot anymore. We've got to, we've been to Mars. We now need to call it beyond <laughs> Mars shots. So, you know, it's interesting. the universal shot. <laughs> I think that actually may be what he said, but that's yeah. a very good one. Yeah. Well, Christina, I can't wrap up the conversation with you without talking about Singularity University and kind of um, knowing a bit more about what it does and what it stands for. Yeah. Um, so for me, SU is about is is utilizing the best of technology. Uh, when I first walked into my my very first um, Singularity event, I was I, I felt like I had. Um, 
come home because the, the room was full of optimistic people. Yeah. And there were no naysayers in the room. You know, it wasn't, oh, no, that can't be done. Or, it was like, okay, yeah, how are we going to make that happen? You know, so for me, I felt like I had I had come home, landed. Now, you know, so that that was what um, inspired me around the organisation. I had first met a lot of the SU, my colleagues now, my, my you know, my fellow fellow faculty, SU faculty speakers, uh, and I had I was I had never been so inspired by their thinking and how they put things together and it was it was like this other level of thought processes and you know it wasn't oh you know here's something that might work but it might not work and you know the, the big frowns and everything yeah. it was this can work how do we make it work together how do we collaborate uh, and for me now so so my saying around the work that I do within the organization is that um that uh, that I live at the intersection of the values um, of humanity with the value of technology mm -hmm. and that humanity comes first and how does the technology serve humanity so you know that there's a there's the traditional idea about the singularity where it's you know it's uploading consciousness and we all become part of the big supercomputer yeah. which I say to people well you know kind of aren't we that now because every time you open one of your devices or you log on to something somebody <laughs> somewhere knows something else about you so um you know and 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 then there's that whole fear behind that and I go well I don't really have anything to hide so I like I don't want to be hacked and I don't want to be I don't want to have my identity stolen those kinds of things are very you know they're very validated they're happening mm -hmm. I know somebody who had their identity stolen it's taken them two to three years wow. um, of mainly psychological trauma but also the physicalness <laughs> of, of what they've you know the physicality of what they've had to go through so I'm not saying that it doesn't exist uh, but you know, for me it's that it's that what does it give us the opportunity to create and what is it how do we help you know Peter Diamande says you want to be a billionaire help a billion people if you're not helping people every day then you're not really fulfilling what that purpose is what that function is um so for me it's that at, how do we get it out there using technology but technology serves the humanity um of, of what we want to do so how do we teach more people how do we help more people how do we create better health for people how do we do that um, in order to to you know empower going back to your word empower everybody on the planet I love that I love that uh, this has been an extremely empowering conversation and you know my mind is always after our conversation my mind is always buzzing I'm like we've got to talk more about this this and that um, I can see us um, I love the work that you do and I know that you've got massive impact um, creating and recreating how people think, how people frame their reality and how to use technology in, in a great way that is empowering. So thank you so much, again, for sharing your knowledge, your experience and your energy. Thank you and the feelings mutual. And I know that we will be doing lots of work together. Thank you, Christina. Well, um, as you know, the show notes will include how to get in touch with Christina, follow her. There's tons of amazing content out there. And um, she delivers a lot of amazing keynotes and workshops and panels and discussions and everything. So make sure to check it out. And as always, empower yourself for your moonshot or your universe shot or wherever you want to go. Think big, act small, and that's okay. <laughs> And uh, please join us and keep showing up for you and for the world and for the impact you are meant to serve. So always wishing you love, abundance and prosperity. And we're going to see you next time. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Empowered to Grow podcast. For further engagement with a tribe of empowered women, join my Facebook group, Empowered to Grow, 
or visit my website, www.hananelbasha.com. I'll catch you on the next episode. And until then, know that empowered you empowers others. Love, abundance, and prosperity to you all.